This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today and excited to welcome on Rocky Seto, former assistant coach under Pete Carroll in Seattle at USC and has an incredible story of of just what he's doing now as a pastor and and leaving the NFL to to go you know full time into to being a pastor and 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 just his his heart for the Lord and for ministry and for scripture uh it's inspiring and so I think you will really enjoy uh hearing Rocky's story today before we jump in, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust. And you can check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it to get all the details, to figure out how, how much money they can save you every month and, and to figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family. MediShare offers programs for every budget. So if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader, or self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their health care costs. And so my family, we have benefited from MediShare for a number of years and, and so thankful uh, to be a member uh, through two different uh, births for both of our daughters and 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 now having young kids and, and all the different health care needs that we have uh, to be able to, to rely on MediShare uh, has been a great blessing for us. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Stick around. At the end of the show, I will share one big takeaway to unpack a little bit further. But right now, Let's unpack football, faith, and life with Rocky Seto. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is the pastor of Evergreen Baptist Church in California and former Super Bowl winning assistant coach Rocky Seto. After spending 18 years in coaching, which included being on Pete Carroll's staff in Seattle and USC, he spent 11 seasons at USC, was on the staff of both national championship teams in 2003 and 2004. 
seven seasons in Seattle, which included two Super Bowls, winning one of them. He also played linebacker at USC in 1997 and 98. He is a husband and a father of four. Rocky, thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing great, Bryce. Praise God. I forget about some of those things that happened. You know, that's all to God's glory, but uh, thanks for reviewing those things for me. But uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Well, I, I was reading a little bit about you and, you know, part of who you were growing up, it was all about chasing the dream of, of playing football and, and then ultimately becoming a coach in football. And so football became uh, such an ide- identity for sure. you. And so now, even as you, as you look back to, to uh, that time in your life and as you hear those things, how does that, uh, what's your perspective at this point, even in thinking about those accomplishments in your time in football? Well, the thing that comes to my mind is that those things may describe who I am, which they do. I mean, the ups and downs, the wins and losses, the, the sanctified portions of it and unsanctified portions of it, they describe my life. But Jesus Christ is the one who defines who I am. And in essence, he's our identity as Christians, as brothers and sisters. And uh, I look back at those times with great fondness. I do. Bryce. And uh, I think as long as you keep those things in perspective, meaning Jesus Christ is is the one who defines us. Jesus Christ is our greatest treasure and everything is underneath that. I think we can enjoy him the way they, the way the the Lord meant for us to enjoy them, you know? Amen. Absolutely. Well, well said. Well, let, let's go back a little bit and and hear some of your, your, your story and your journey. And and then I want to hear about uh, everything that you're doing now as a as a pastor, but okay. take take us back to the the wrestling of wanting to be a coach, but also feeling the tug and the pull to be in ministry and 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 to be a pastor. What was that season of life, or, or maybe I think it was kind of a, a longer period of time where you were wrestling with the possibility of, of walking away from the NFL and, and coaching. Well, really, Bryce, it was like a seven-year process, seven wow. years. And back in 2010, when we relocated to coach at the Seattle Seahawks, in my mind, in my heart, I love football. I mm. love coaching, particularly coaching for Coach Carroll. That was the greatest job in the planet. But one thought came into my mind, Bryce, if you could imagine this, maybe there's something even better <laughs> and I started getting opportunities. God providentially started opening up opportunities to give messages. And I, I can't even call them sermons, but <laughs> messages. And and I got to dig into the word of God more. And I was thinking to myself, perhaps, God, are you calling us to do this full time? You know, and because I was already leading Bible studies, God had me kind of as an evangelist, as a, as a football mm-hmm. coach at the University of Southern California, and at the Seattle Seahawks, God opens up opportunities to go into prison, schools, churches, wherever you want. You just give them a little Seahawk, and then you preach Christ, you know, after that. And <laughs> so I was doing that, but was he calling us to do it in full time in, in, in a full-time capacity? So since for 2010 to 2017, there was a whole wrestling going on, you know, and, and in essence, that was a huge process for us, you know, and as much as I enjoyed coaching and it was phenomenal, my wife and I were seeking the Lord. And as soon as we got to be on the same page, we believe we're called to do this. And so, you know, we, we stepped out of coaching from the Seattle Seahawks and at the top of 2017 and then moved down to Southern California to pastor a church here in, uh, in the San Gabriel Valley. 
I, I love it. Well, there's a lot to unpack in there. Uh, but but one thing I know other people also wrestle with this. And and for some, they're called to actually stay where they are, even right. though God's stirring in their hearts to to use what they're doing for ministry and, and to to be an impact and 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 you know right. have, have have that type of influence right. where they are. But also right. there are people called to leave. And I can relate to your story. I walked away from sports radio to pursue full-time ministry. And, and so I, I get that side of it as well. But I'm sure people come to you and ask you kind of that question, right. and, you know, how did you know? And, and do I stay? Do I go? What, what kind of advice do you offer to even people listening today that, that might be kind of wondering about that? Well, here's a thought here. All Christians, whether you're in full-time vocational ministry or not, we're in ministry. I mean, we all Amen. have a ministry assignment. I mean, if, if God called me to stay in coaching, I'd be doing that there, you know. And, and of course, in, in conjunction with a local church that I'm a part of. But Scripture really guided me. And as, as, as Scripture guides all believers, and as, as Scripture is a source of truth, God's Word, First Timothy 3, 1 talks about if anyone has this desire that, that starts burning within you, to do this, perhaps you might be called. In other words, and I called a, a pastor friend of mine, and he gave me some really sound advice. And he's he he basically quoted a, a famous pastor from the past named Charles Spurgeon. Mm. Spurgeon basically said, "If you could do anything else, do it." Meaning, if you could live with yourself as a football coach and, and just do that, that's great. What a wonderful thing! But if this is going to be the greatest regret of your life, mm. as if you're denying what God has for you, as if you are being disobedient to God, perhaps you might be called to do this. So my, if hopefully that's an encouraging thought for whoever's listening and watching. Yeah. If you could do anything else, do it. Praise God. <laughs> do your work and look for opportunities to minister. But if you're, if, you're going to, if this is going to be the greatest regret of your life, by not doing something, whether it's becoming a full-time preacher or other things, then perhaps you might be called. Because Psalms 37 forces, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to Him, and He'll do it. Meaning, this isn't Psalm 37 4 isn't making Jesus into our own, perhaps our cosmic Santa Claus or genie, like He'll just do whatever we want. But if we're walking closely with Him, there's no sin that we know that we're harboring of or repenting of things. He, in fact, will impart his desires into you just because you're so connected to him. And perhaps that's God's way of helping us understand what we're called to do. And so I just want to say this as well, Bryce. I mean, being a full-time preacher to me is the greatest thing that I could be a part of. Ephesians 2.10 says that he's made us a work of art for a custom fit, you know, uh, to do a, a work for him. And that's just the that's just the, the the role that God has for me. But perhaps for you, listener, that may, whatever you're doing right now may be the greatest calling that God has for you. Because everything is a customized fit. We're a work of art, a, a poema, so to speak. That God says that we're that He forms us into from the foundations of the before the foundations of the world were formed, He had a role for you and me. And so, just don't think that full time ministry is the ultimate thing. It may not be for you, but it is. For, it happens to be for me and Bryce. Evidently, it happens to be for you, being on unpacking it as well. So, I mean, everyone has a custom fit 
that God has prepared for us before the foundations of the world. Amen. Amen. That's, that's very encouraging. I appreciate you saying that. And the other thing I, I I'm curious going back to that kind of season of life where, where you actually announce, Hey, I'm, I'm moving on. And this is the direction I'm going. I'm sure there were plenty of criticism, questioning, wondering, what are you doing? How could you do this? What's up with this? And, and I, I felt some of that as well in, in my own life. So I'm curious how you, how you handled that and, and what was maybe even the opportunity in that to, 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 share with people what God was doing in your life? Well, I mean, well-meaning people, you know, out of the concern for me and my family would say, isn't this a waste? Look at, I mean, who has this opportunity for you to be in? Why don't you get into ministry after you don't have any more opportunities to coach, so forth and so on? And I get what they're saying. It, is, it was an amazingly unique time to be at the Seattle Seahawks and to serve under coach Carroll under a great organization. I mean, no question. We were, we were really blessed and, and had a, had a really great time. And even financially people will say, how are you going to support your four children? How are you going to uh, mm. care for them? How are you going to pay for their college and things like that? And the thought that came to my mind immediately was this. If I could trust Jesus Christ for my eternity, mm. I mean, I believe that he rescued me from the punishment of eternal hell to being in eternal life with him. I actually believe that. I think I could trust him for any college funds or anything like that, you know, and, and, and I get that. These are real things and I'm right in the middle of it, but I think this is an opportunity to say, this is the God that we trust for our, our eternity, Christian. Therefore you could trust him with our temporary lives right here on earth, you know, and, and then there's an opportunity to say, do we live for eternity? Are we heavenly minded so that we have an eternal perspective in how we steward this life? And mm-hmm. this life isn't just about securing today. You know, this is about investing in eternal things. That's people and God's word, you know. And ultimately, we believe that Christ's sacrifice, we're saved by Christ alone, through faith alone, by grace alone. But there's an accounting that's going to take place for Christians. We're going to have to answer to him to see how he stewarded the, the talents, the opportunities that he's given us. And don't we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful slave? I mean, that's what we want to hear, right? And that is going to be the greatest sounding uh, uh, sound that goes through our ears when we get into eternity as we're staring the Lord face to face, you know? Yes, that's what we want. Absolutely. And and that's uh, it's a great challenge to us all to, to evaluate how are we stewarding what, what God has, has given us in, in many areas of, of life. Um, well, the, the fact that you were a coach for 18 years and, and had that opportunity, as you look back, how do you realize, okay, God used all of those experiences or a number of those experiences to prepare you for what you're, right. you're doing now? What, what right. are some of the things that rise to the top? I mean, I mean, just like you, you're in radio. I mean, you know how this has prepared you. Now you get to be overtly Christian, overtly Christ focused in your work. And, and as a, as a coach, it's a people business Mm. and pastoring is a people business. I mean, bottom line, if you don't love people and if you don't love Christ, you're not called to be a pastor. I mean, that's what it is. And so there's so many leadership lessons, so many, um, uh, lesson, lessons of coming alongside people with compassion in coaching, coming alongside people by being patient with them, but also coming alongside people 
to kind of exhort them and to encourage them to correct them as well. That has paid huge dividends in my preparation as a coach. I mean, as a, as a pastor now and similar yet different, similar in the sense of it's a people business. It's a people oriented uh, ministry, but football is overtly about football. Mm. And you parlay that to, you know, disciple people through it, but in ministry, in, in be, particularly being a preacher, the subject is Jesus Christ <laughs> and his word. And, and in essence, that's super clear. Now, challenges, Bryce, people have mm. asked me, what are some challenges is in, in, in coaching football? The metric was more obvious, mm. meaning the metric of success was, did you win the Super Bowl? Did you win the national championship? Did you win the Rose Bowl? Where did you rank on defense in the National Football League? I mean, those are things that people could see and all the critics in the world could be there, but go, you know what? But you guys know what you're doing. In ministry, I, I would say the metric of success is more veiled and less clear to the church, meaning is it the size of the church? Is it the type of uh, programs that we have? You know, is it the type of following they have? And the Lord doesn't talk about any of those things as being the metric of success. First Corinthians 4 talks about that a servant of God must be found trustworthy or faithful. Mm. And in essence, am I content in being faithful to what the Lord has called me to do? Meaning, am I Preaching the word, 2 Timothy 4, 2 says, preach the word. Am I preaching God's word? Am I doing the work of an evangelist? Am I uh, following the, the great charge of the great commission to go and make disciples? And the results are up to God. Mm-hmm. Hopefully people are growing in the Lord. People are loving Christ more. Hopefully the lost are being called to salvation. Hopefully the, the, the saints are being edified, being built up. But that's up to God and spirit. And and in essence, no matter what anybody says, am I being content with being faithful to the Lord? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful slave. That's a challenge that, that challenges my flesh. Where mm. I'm used to being able to point to, well, thank you for your input, but we just won the national championship or we won the Rose Bowl or whatnot. And the discussion is done at that point, you know, whereas in ministry, you could point them to the scriptures and people may or may not understand. But at the end of the day, we aim to please the Lord, you know, and, and that's a very sanctifying moment. It's a moment by moment thing where you're doing it for Christ anyway. Amen. Absolutely. Well, along those lines, and I'm not sure this answer is any different than what you just said, but what about the competitiveness that that I assume burned in you for so many years as you're as you're coaching to get to that level and to be around that type of atmosphere and so to almost go beyond even the metrics just the competitiveness uh, that a lot of us feel in certain in certain ways I, I tr- I've translated it into fantasy football uh, but but how do you uh, how do you I don't know tur- have you had to turn that off how have you maybe use that in a positive way even. Well, that's interesting. You bring up competition was a central theme of our program at the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that's, I could guarantee you coach Carroll is talking about that right now in Seattle, Mm. right now competition, but Mm. competition as we know it for most of us know it is different from what I learned when I was coaching for coach Carroll. 
many people think about competition as competing with other people, competing with the league, competing with other players, but really the true competition is within yourself. Mm. And so that mindset of, am I becoming a more effective minister? Am I learning God's word more? Am I becoming a, a better, more effective preacher of God's word? That's mm. what drives me. And, and it's an internal thing before God. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And that's what we can control. I mean, in football, all you could do is basically focus in on your preparation. We said practice is everything and how well we practice, how well we trained, how well we taught the players is what you can rest in. At the end of the day, if the other team is better, you know what, let's just see how good we could play and mm. maybe we'll beat them. If we're better, let's play as good as we can and, and, and take it as far as we can. So I just want to take the gifts and the opportunities that God's given me as far as I can. In, in Timothy, it talks about we want to be useful vessels in the master's hand. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to be as effective and as useful as we can be on, as long as we live on this side of eternity. That's good. That's a very strong perspective. Well, I'll ask you a little more about pastoring sure. in, in a little bit, but, but I'm just curious now that you're not you know, involved in the game every day like you, like you were, what is your football fandom like at this point in your life? How do you watch games? You know, I mean, my my wife, my children, Charla, they love the game. They love the game, and 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 I, I get to watch with them now. I and mean, for all those years, I never watched any games with them because I was wow, yeah. busy coaching. And so now, we're watching the University of Southern California, we're watching the Trojans, we're watching the Seattle Seahawks, and we're really also following friends and who are players and coaches, and we're rooting for them. You know, and in the NFL. We have friends all over, and that's kind of how we root for people now. It's just our personal relationships that we have. Hey, Uncle so-and-so is coaching here, or so-and-so <laughs> is playing here now, and all that, you know. And so it, 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 it's still personal in that way, you know, because through relationships that you forge through coaching and playing. Well, you were there when Russell Wilson, of course, was the quarterback, and somewhat surprisingly, we're now we got a Seattle Seahawks team without Russell Wilson. Right, right. What did you, what did you make of all that? I mean, I was in a staff meeting with my pastors and someone texted me that. I'm like, oh, man, what happened? And I was kind of saddened because that was an end of an era. I mean, we spent a historic time together. I mean, it was just a, the golden age of the Seattle Seahawks football. And and I'm sure there's more good times to come. But that was a time that was very special to me, very personal to me. And I'm grateful that God allowed us to play, play and coach with so many great coaches and players like Russell and even Bobby Wagner uh, going to the, uh, to the Rams now as well. I mean, I'm happy for these guys. I'm just, I cherish the time that we had together. But, but yeah, division rival too. Gosh, right. uh, with, with Bobby Wagner. Well, uh, as far as the, the last couple of years go for every kind of, Every organization, everybody individually, families have all faced different different challenges, and and we're kind of you know coming out of it in in many ways. As you reflect back on these last two years, and really you were only what three years into being a pastor, and so now you face this this whole new world with, with the with the pandemic. Right? How how did it go for you? How how was the, the what were the ups and downs, and and what was the the experience and, and takeaway for you? Oh, challenging. It's been challenging. I mean, for just like for all of us, it's been challenging. And think about it. 
the, the Lord calls the church, the local church to gather. In Hebrews 10 says to gather. Mm-hmm. And for, for a season, it was like challenging in terms of helping people to have a unified thought on that. For a couple of months, we're just online. Eventually started meeting outdoors here in Southern California. We're, we're blessed with good weather, so it's easier, easier to do that. I understand it's not like that everywhere around the country, but eventually we went back indoors. And and what it was was a providence would have it, God's providence would have it, is that it really tested our convictions of what we believed. You know, what does the scripture say? How do we understand the scriptures? And are we able to teach and to lead the people in that way? And I'm super grateful for our, our staff and our leaders that we have here at our church. And we're able to come together and move forward. And even at that, it was hard, right? And mm. and at the end of the day, I don't know if everyone will see it the same way. But before God, we have to have, we'll be called into account. I, mean, I think that is the one clarifying thought as a leader as a pastor as a preacher is in the end in that day when we see christ eyeball to eyeball what is he gonna say Mm. is is he gonna say oh i understand you know people 100 percent of the people didn't understand or i understand it was hard i I see why you didn't do that or well done good and faithful servant i mean at the end of the day a, a servant is not above his master we obey what he says and that, I would say that is the most clarifying thing. Yet, at the same time, the goal of our instruction is love. I mean, are we loving people through the process, right? I mean, there's one thing to just, I want to be obedient at all costs. Not at the cost of trampling other people, but loving the people through it. Being patient. Finding certain compromises till we're able to just kind of get back to normal we worked through some of those things and, and the Lord humbled me through that time and mm. really sanctified me. And, and and part of that process was to prepare the shepherd as I'm Christ under shepherd, prepare my character and, and, and kind of put me through a spiritual training camp, so to speak, you know, big time. And, and I'm curious too, what you've learned as far as being a pastor in the role of, of, you know, carrying others' burdens or at least listening to others' burdens and, and giving encouragement and, and pointing them toward Jesus and, and pointing them to, to give yeah. their burdens to the Lord, but you're in the trenches with people. Right. And so right. how have you learned to, to, to handle that properly and, and to, to ultimately be, be poured into by the Lord to then have the, the capacity to, to then pour into others? But it's a big thing to navigate as a young, as a, you know, a new pastor, so to speak. Sure. No, no. I mean, Bryce, man, you asked some great questions. And just similar to what I talked about, whoever you coach, you could turn on the film and you can see improvement. Hmm. Whereas only God sees the heart. I mean, what does it say? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So I don't even know how people are doing specifically. And so my role is to pray for people, point into scripture, be patient with people and, and, and trust God for the results. And so that's really the essence, Bryce. It's like trusting God for the results and, and, and being content in that. And, mm-hmm. and if, if what I learned is that if it doesn't look the way that you want it to look, well, just to rest on God's providence. And, and Charles Spurgeon, I, I quoted him before, 
He said the sovereignty of God, hmm. the sovereignty of God, meaning God is in control of all things in, in, in a nutshell, is the doctrine which the Christian lies his head on. It's the pillow that he, the Christian lies his head on is, is the sovereignty of God, meaning you can rest in God's sovereignty knowing that you did everything you were called to do. And at the end of the day, you trust God for his sovereign hand to work in, in lives of people. And, and to be able to trust in that is a sanctifying thing. And it, it goes from concept and ideas to actually believing it. And, and which shapes my attitude in my heart. Gosh. Yeah. That's powerful. Wow. Well, what about your, your role as a, as a husband and father, how has that kind of changed since becoming uh, a pastor or just the dynamics have, have, have changed? I imagine. Well, I tell you, um, during the season, it's like ninety hours a week uh, for these coaches, right? I mean, they're grinding away, and mm. some may not even see their children and their wives till maybe Saturday or maybe Friday afternoon, you know, and that's tough. And Coach Carroll is super gracious to me. He let me come in early. I said, Coach, can I come in early and leave as soon as our last uh, gather thing is completed? Our last meeting was completed, and he said, Sure. So I'd come in at 3.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and then get home around 7. So I could see them a little bit for a few hours. I could pray with the kids. I could give them baths at the time. They're little at the time. And so now as a pastor, I see them more, Mm. but it takes more discipline to see them more because I'm kind of a self-contracted person in some ways, other than Sundays, the Lord's Day. Uh, I have a lot more autonomy over my schedule. So Mm -hmm. how much I take on in terms of counseling, how much I take on with meeting with people, how much studying I do, you know, and prioritizing my schedule to make sure I I, I have time to study the word of God. That's why I'm primarily here so I could teach it and preach it. And then finding time to meet with the staff, finding time to meet with church members, finding time to meet with people outside the church. Um, Those are things that I need to be disciplined that so that I could, make sure I'm around before I could blame the NFL schedule. Now I can't even do that. I got to, it's all on me now. So, and what's neat is that before my children, my wife didn't really benefit from my efforts, my gifts, meaning they saw the product in the field. And I I guess in a secondary way they did by me being able to support them financially. But now as their pastor, they're getting preached by me. They're they're able to be, see my wares, good or bad, and to experience it all. And I find that as a huge blessing, you know. And, and so that my wife, my children, they'll know me, and 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 they'll know where the energy and the time has gone to, and they'll be able to see all that. And I would encourage dads to be able to include your children, your wife, in, in the work that you do, so that minimally they can understand what you do. I hate for any of us to. Uh, for our children to say when they're asked, what does your dad do for a living? I, I know he went to the office, but I'm, I'm not quite sure, right? I mean, yeah. I would encourage us to include them in it as best you can and and just so they feel part of it. I mean, and that, I think it's part of the discipleship process, you know? That's good. That's very good. Well, and it's it's challenging for, for all of us, no question. Well, as far as uh, you, you mentioned it, we'll, we'll wrap up with, with this question. The amount of time you spend in the Word, and, and ultimately all of us should, should hunger after knowing God, and we, we get to know Him through His Word, uh, among other ways. Yeah. But for a pastor, and, and I 
feel this sometimes too because I write I write devotionals. We're always thinking about the ne- the next time you know the next time we're right. we're sharing what we're learning versus growing ourselves and, and teaching ourselves first. How have you learned to navigate that where you you enjoy just reading God's word for you versus reading it for the next sermon, but yeah. knowing that you have to do that as well. Well, it's an interesting question. And at first I started doing kind of like a devotional reading and then uh, mm-hmm. here's my sermon reading and, and preparation. And I merged all that into one really. And what I mean by that, Bryce is this, whatever comes out on the Lord's day from a sermon for me is really what's been burning in my own heart. As I study to the gospel of Mark, you know, we're starting the gospel of Mark series this Sunday. I mean, what is this doing to me right now? And so everything is devotional. And if I'm just looking at the word just to get a message ready, I think that's the whole, that's completely the wrong approach. And mm. how's the word, how's Mark chapter one, verse one, marinating in my heart? Is What is it doing, sanctifying me, challenging me, encouraging me, comforting me? What is it doing to show me a greater picture of Jesus Christ? You know, and am I getting to know him more? And through it, how does that move me to repent? How, uh, certain things where it, my heart is wrong. And as a dad, that's one of the things that I've that has to be there, a genuineness. Whenever you're the pastor of a church and your children, your wife are part of that church, you need to be genuine. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be like uh, one person at home and then all of a sudden you turn on, it's game time, you throw on the switch and you're somebody else in front of right. everybody else. So similar is when you study the word of God, it's the same. However, I the, the pressure of having to prepare a message is a great motivation to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And, 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 and really, Bryce, that's the reason why we got into uh, full-time pastoral ministry so I could spend time in the word in, a, in almost a full-time basis. I mean, that is the, the jewel of what I get to do. That is the prize. That is the the privilege of being able to be a preacher, at least in this capacity. I know there's bivocational pastors all over the world, but I'm the Lord's been gracious. I made the church supports me and I'm able to spend my days studying the scriptures. And really that's the my most favorite part of my job. And then second part is to be able to preach the Bible to the church family, you know, and so it goes really back to the word word. And and so what I so I'm super grateful and I know there's way better people than me out there to do this, but God graciously has allowed me to do this. And I'm going to, by God's grace, do this as best I can, as long as he lets me. Well, keep it going. Uh, I love hearing your, your heart uh, for the word and preaching the word and, and the, the, the humility uh, that, that, that shines through and God, God uses us when we are humble. And so, uh, so I know he's going to continue to, to use you and, and appreciate you sharing a little bit about your story today and, and being such an encouragement to me and, and our listeners. So keep up the great work, Rocky. Excited for uh, all that you're doing and uh, really great having you here on Unpacking It. Bryce, thanks for having me. It was a privilege and an honor to be here with you, man. You, you asked some great questions too, by the way. Thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll do it again. He's Rocky Seto joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio. Thanks so much to Rocky Seto. 
And really appreciate him joining us here on the MediShare guest line here on Unpacking It. And wow, what a cool, inspiring story. And and here here's the, the encouragement today. Not every one of us has to walk away from our job to be a pastor. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. But all of us are called to share the good news of Jesus with others. And, and for some people, it'll mean full-time ministry. I was in, in secular radio, and, and ultimately God called me into full-time ministry. And, and so that's the path that I have been on up until this point. For you, and he may call me a different direction. For you, you may be in a, a, a prototypical business job, and God calls you to leave to go do full-time ministry, or he may go call you to do a different job or start your own business. But each of us, we have to seek God's direction and guidance for our lives and, and what he has for us during seasons and, and, and you know, the preparation that we go through. You know, all that, that Rocky learned through coaching can be utilized now as a pastor. And so some of that can be translated in our own lives as well. And, and for some people, it means you know, being called into uh, a Sunday school teacher or serving a church or, or some other uh, ministry getting more plugged in. And so those are the, the opportunities that we have in front of us. But when we hear something like this, to go from the NFL to walk away where he's still a, a valuable coach and you know, could still be on the staff, potentially, uh, to then say, no, I'm going to step out in faith. Now is the time to do it. Now God's telling me to go, and you go. And, and so I find that to be, to be very uh, inspiring and encouraging in, in many ways. Now, the other thing that I really take away from this conversation is you could hear Rocky's love for the Bible, his dependence on the Bible, and, and the fact that that's that's what he preaches from. He studies scripture and then preaches it. And in some ways we think, well, yeah, of course. Well, I don't know if everybody's doing that. A lot of people, and especially when you can rely on, you know, you just tell NFL stories or whatever, but to, to make sure that it is, that, that his sermons are biblically based and he's spending the time in scripture. I just loved hearing the, the, the priority that he placed on the Bible. And, and, and I, I'm under the authority of the Bible, and and we send out you know three devotionals a week, and and I want those to be you know rich in Scripture, that that we're sending out devotionals that you know help readers like you. Hopefully, you're you're a subscriber uh, to understand Scripture more. Now we'll use parables, uh, so to speak, from the sports world, parallels, metaphors from the sports world. Um, I imagine Rocky does as well. I'm not. I'm not sure, uh, certain of that, but I imagine that he does, and that's all great. But it's got to be the, the the foundation has to be rooted in the gospel and in scripture and what God's word says. And and so in today's culture, it's easy to 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 downplay or hear people downplay God's word. But to me, then what? <laughs> like th- th- this is the this is the authority uh, that 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 I place myself under, and 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 when you uh, my my church I may have mentioned this, but my church is going through the whole whole Bible this year, but and and the red thread of of you know Jesus throughout the the blood of Christ and and so his his red thread throughout Scripture how everything points to you know the redemptive story uh, of God through Jesus. Uh, on the cross and, and and his resurrection and us receiving that 
by faith, salvation through faith, is is such a powerful story, and that's the story of the Bible. And and so to learn, you know, all the different elements and stories and and principles and commandments and uh, the character of God, we get to know God through Scripture. And so we need to be under that authority as followers of Jesus, Scripture, but also the churches that we attend and, and get involved in and support and 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 the pastors that we're under from a, a shepherding standpoint we got to continue to check them and make sure that they are sticking to the Bible and scripture and not just their own, <laughs> you know, of course there's, there's an element of, of, uh, opinion and, and them, you know, unpacking things from, from their experience and knowledge, but, but we've got to be careful. There are a lot of pastors out there kind of willy nilly and, and they'll have to answer to the Lord on that. Um, so everybody, you know, they got, they got to be held accountable to that. By, by the congregation and by you know elders and and, and that kind of thing too. Um, so that's a whole other topic. But just for for us as 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 followers of Jesus today, it's finding pastors that that really stick to to Scripture. That's my that's my encouragement. <laughs> and so hearing that from Rocky today, just his passion for the Bible uh, is awesome. So um, I, I got to listen to some of his sermons. That that that'd be fun. That'd be fun. So uh, we'll have to check that check that out. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, what Rocky shared today, hearing a little bit about his story. Uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, let me know your thoughts on today's podcast and any of our other podcasts as well, uh, and even other guests that you'd like to hear on the show or topics that you'd like for us to discuss, and would love to, to hear your, your thoughts and feedback. It's very encouraging. Also, if you'd be willing to support our ministry, we greatly appreciate our donors. Uh, we're we're donor-driven. And so we need you. We need you and your support and, and greatly appreciate your support. Uh, so you can find out more information, unpackingit.com slash donate. And then also I mentioned the devotional that we send out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, it's called Unpack This. You can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. And so I encourage you to check that out as well. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.